0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Best of Tea with Twiggy, which is where I've put together a short compilation of people that I've chatted to over the last few years. I can't believe we've been doing this now for a few years, but we have. And today I'd like you to have a listen to the gorgeous Charlotte Tilbury and the lovely Bobby Brown, who are extraordinary makeup artists turn mega business women. They both have their extraordinarily successful lines of makeup. And I hope you enjoy listening to it. And if you want to listen to the whole episodes, just scroll down my list of guests and find them. And uh, Bobby, you'll hear, is talking about her new um, line, which is called Jones Road. Anyway, enjoy. See you
1: soon. Bye.
0: So then you were at school and you, your mom let you go to do this course. Then how did you get kind of into the industry as a makeup artist?
1: Right. So when I was there, I just, I just poured my heart into everything. I just kept trying all these different makeup things. When I had to do a, you know a film for my film class, I designed the film around makeup that I wanted to do. And I graduated college and I did probably the most important thing is I waitressed for a year because I was very worried how I was going to support myself because there's really no jobs. You don't get a job unless you go work for, you know, a TV show, a news show. And I really wanted to work in fashion. So I moved to New York City, not knowing a soul, and I didn't know what to do. So I took out the yellow pages. I opened them up. I looked up modeling, modeling agencies, I looked up photographers and I just started with a really bad portfolio, calling people up, filling my date book with a pen, filling my date book and going to see people. So I did that for a while. And then I started doing what they call tests, which are, you know, you do a free shoot and you get a picture as as your payment. So you get a little bit better portfolio. And then eventually I got a break. Someone hired me for a magazine. I lied and said I did hair, and I do not. <laughs> um, of course, it was something for Vogue, actually. Wow. So I decided not to lie anymore because I was too nervous because I do <laughs> not know how to do hair. So I just started you know, going, and it took me seven years to, to get a Vogue cover. That was my wow. dream. Wow. Seven years.
0: And who, who who was the Vogue cover? Can you remember?
1: Yeah, of course I remember Naomi Campbell. Wow. Um, and Patrick de Marshalier, and oh, it was amazing. Um, pretty cool.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, that is an amazing moment, isn't it? No. I rem- I remember, m- I think my first Vogue cover was, I think it was Richard Avedon, actually.
1: Yes. And
0: um, that was pretty awe-inspiring for me. I was 17 years old, so wow. it was and, and, amazing. And I,
1: never, and I never got to work with Mr. Avedon. I never, you know, I was not... Famous enough, big enough. So, you know, I had the next generation. I would say, because you're
0: that much younger than me, you know, because right. I, I only, I, when I worked with him, well, I was 17, he was probably in his mid late 30s, I would think. Wow. Wow. But wow. he was, he was so innovative. And, yeah. you know, he was, because I'd, I'd only really worked on teenage magazines in England. I'd done yeah. a bit in Paris for L Magazine but they were very teenagery kind of pictures and then when i got to new york and i worked with richard avedon he kind of he was he was doing this thing where he would get his models to leap through the air he was doing that movement thing which had never really been done before so uh and just to work with he was he was extraordinary oh. um changed my life really it was amazing wow. but um, I, I-
1: so many questions for you. I know this is your podcast, but I'm going to ask. <laughs> Go you know, on then. No, this is, it's a chat. I know, but you come on my podcast because I've, I've got 10 million questions. I also have a podcast. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, mine is called The Important Things. So it could be anything from your favorite underwear to your favorite
0: Oh, that's fun. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll come on. Uh, That'd be
1: great. <laughs> now it's your, you you have to do the heavy lifting. No, I <laughs> I love, i'm just i'm very curious are you a curious person i think so yeah I think i am
0: i'm I'm quite um i mean considering I've been in the public eye since I was sixteen i am still quite i'm still quite shy
1: mm-hmm.
0: I'm very comfortable around people I know and people I admire and I'm not very good in big crowds or um we were at somebody's house the other week and somebody at Glastonbury was coming up, you know, the big music festival. And one of the younger girls said, Oh, twigs, are you coming to Glastonbury? And I said, (laughs) Oh my God, I can think. (laughs) I mean, I love watching it on the TV, but the thought of being Uh. amidst thousands and thousands of people, I said, no, thank you. So I've never been to Glastonbury,
1: sadly, but I do watch it on the TV. (laughs) Or for me, Coachello. I've never been to Coachello. But have you heard of that festival? I have. It's huge, isn't it? Coachella. Coachella sorry. Oh, but Coachella. They did, they did one I wanted to go to, and the 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 funny name was called Old Cello because it was it was all like the rock groups and older musicians. Oh, okay. And it was camping, <laughs> and my husband said, "I'm. We are not going to Old Cello." <laughs> <laughs> it would have been really fun.
0: So you didn't go.
1: We didn't go. He didn't yeah. want to go. And they don't. No. I, I guess it's, they don't do
0: it anymore. i I think I'm with him. I think. I yeah.
1: think
0: watch it on the t- TV. Is there one person that kind of did something, or was a mentor, or suddenly a penny drop within you? Of and and that that is your yeah. moment, isn't it?
2: So how old it's, were you then? I was 16. Wow. I was, Yeah, I was 16. Amazing. So it is, you're so right to ask that question. What was that moment? And yeah,
0: it, yeah.
2: I couldn't have told you anything else about that year or possibly the year before, the year after. I can't remember. But that I could tell you, the coffee shop I was sitting in. I could tell you when I met Mary Bloom in Formantera and I was wearing a little bit of gold eyeshadow and I was wearing sort of uh, uh, a kind of soft brown lip liner, a bit dodgy, and a, and a kind of bit of Vaseline <laughs> on my lips. And, and I remember going, and Mary was just and I'll never forget her saying, all oh, my hands are tingling. Like I just, I was just so... Mesmerized by what she did, and in those days, no one had heard of a makeup artist. They were like, What's a makeup artist? You know, because you were no makeup artists when you started. So it was a she, Mary, really paved the way for me to then, you know, started working with all the supermodels. And then really, I assisted her at the end of the supermodel era. I mean, I remember I was 19 backstage with Mary, and I had Claudia Ship. I remember, and I was Laurie Starrett, actually, it was Mary Pluin and Laurie Starrett. It was for some Sting Save the Rainforest fashion show and they got all the big supermodels in. And I had to do Claudia Shipper's makeup and I had to do quite a few of the supers. And Susie Bick, who, you know, is now oh, Vampire's yeah. wife, who I love, and Claudia Shipper and Susie. And I remember uh, Claudia going, I love the way you've done my eyes. And I remember, and you know, for me at 19, that was like such a big thing. Yeah. And, and, and Susie Bick said to me, Oh, my gosh. And I remember going bright red in the face. And she said, I love the way you've done my skin. Because she was kind of like, she would always be looking in the mirror and sort of, she said, you've just done my skin so beautifully. I love the way you've done my skin. And and I remember kind of like going literally that the colour of, I don't know what that <laughs>
0: But it, it must have been, being a 19-year-old, it must have been, you know, quite nerve-wracking. Yes. You know, especially people, yeah. you know, Claudia Shiver was amazing. Yeah, huge. They
2: were all the super, they were the supermodels. I and mean, I remember literally feeling like, you know, sort of, you know, a bit of a runt, really kind of when they were all walked in the room with their six foot kind of, you know, with the sort of, you know, in those days the glamour was like the hair and they are all in heels. And it was very kind of like, you know, very rock style glamour. Um, yeah. So, and there I was with my little kind of, you know, but very inspirational, very gorgeous. Yeah.
0: How amazing. Yeah. So, so then you, you, I mean, obviously I know you became a huge makeup artist. When, when did you kind of suddenly think, because you know there's there are quite a lot of makeup artists good and bad and in between yeah. and, and obviously you one of the top great ones when did you suddenly because what your story is extraordinary what you've done i mean it i mean it's well deserved but it's amazing because to to go from being a top makeup artist to have a worldwide award winning brand like you've got is extraordinary So when did you suddenly think I'm going to make my own brand? Do you know, I realised I probably
2: wasn't that normal as you kind of look back and go, oh, maybe that wasn't that normal to think that way. But when I walked to boarding school, I remember walking to boarding school at the age of 13 and this sort of feeling force would come over me as I was walking across the fields to get to my school for my boarding house. And I remember just saying, I will make my mark in the world. And I just it was sort of like a force bigger than me. I didn't even know what that really meant or why I was thinking that way you know and then I just wanted to kind of the beauty thing of sort of always looking at these black and white posters of Marilyn Monroe and Audrey Hepburn and Greta Carver and I would study eyelash formations for hours and the way light hits certain cheekbones and then I was fascinated as I said to you before with the power of someone's beauty and I just you know I worked very hard um I was very dedicated to what I did and you know I I then sort of worked with all the greats like you know Matt Marcus and Mary Testino, and Lowe, all the kind of you know great photographers And, you know, assisted Mary Greenwald, which is an amazing break, and then kind of built myself way through and then sort of started doing 40 fashion shows a season and couture and all the big campaigns for Louis Vuitton and Gucci and, you know, Valentina and on and on and on. And then I did Red Carpet as well. So I I got on very well with celebrities and I got on very well with models. So sometimes they would say to me, you know, look, actually, I'm doing a premiere or I'm doing the Oscars or I'm doing the Golden Globes, will you, or the Cannes Film Festival, will you come and do my makeup? And it was quite rare that because if you, you know this, if you're in the fashion industry, you're sort of designing the looks, you mm. don't normally do a lot of red carpet. So it was quite rare that I got on very well with celebrities and I was happy to do the red carpet. So I always had this 3 prong kind of approach to my career and then um, I'd always wanted to really, when I think back to being a boarding school, I sort of designed the, the beginning of the concept of what I wanted to do, which was having when the world's top makeup artists come to you and say, this is the look for you and realizing, you know, I was thinking for my red hair, for my green eyes, for my shaped face, what would suit me the most? How do I maximize my potential at the age of 13 when you're finding yourself?
0: I hope you enjoyed that little snippet from Charlotte Tilbury and Bobby Brown. And if you want to hear the whole episodes, just scroll down on my Tea with Twiggy site and find the complete chat we do have a good old chat and a laugh anyway enjoy bye